and, and, and evangelists and apostles, prophets have to be and must be anointed by the Holy Spirit. There's something about those tail feathers on that dove and that is that they act as a rudder to guide the direction of the flight of the dove. And that's the same thing, I believe, that the, that the ministry gifts of the church do. God has given the church the five-fold ministry gifts. Jesus has gifted the church with those five ministry gifts to steer and to guide and direct and to teach and to train. How many is listening to me? Amen. And, and to train the church, to build up and to edify the saints of God. The Bible says that those giftings, those, those, those uh, ministry gifts are given for the edification of the body of Christ until we come for the perfecting of the saints or the maturing of the saints. So we need those giftings today to direct and guide the ministry of the church. And let me tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, this evening that the Holy Ghost is the one that's steering the church. I said the Holy Ghost is the one that's guiding the ministry of the church. If we get out on our own and decide we're going to do this and do that on our own without the guidance and the direction of the Holy Ghost, we're going to mess things up. We must have the guidance of the Holy Ghost. I pray it all the time, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct the ministry at Abundant Life Family Church. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Hallelujah. All I know to do is pray and follow the Holy Ghost to the best of my ability. Can I get an amen? Is anybody with me tonight? So we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit to steer us, to guide us, to produce fruit in our life, to, to, to work and operate in the church in those gifts. And it's so important to notice as we read here about the Lord Jesus receiving the Holy Ghost at his baptism. And the point's been made before that Jesus did not begin his earthly ministry until after he had received the anointing and the empowering of the Holy Ghost. I didn't bring this out last week in my message last week, but Jesus in his earthly ministry uh, operated. Uh, he worked and operated in his ministry as the Son of Man, as a man baptized with the Holy Ghost and anointed with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord, when he went into the to the synagogue there on that Sabbath day, what did he say? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to give recovering of sight to the blind, to uh, heal the brokenhearted, and, and the things to preach deliverance to the captives. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost. So he received, Jesus received, when, this, when the heavens were open and the dove came from, from heaven, that f the Holy Ghost in that form of a dove enlightened upon him, he received at that moment the anointing and the empowering of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said,
said, well, but Jesus was God. He didn't need the Holy Ghost. Yes, he was God. He was 100% man and 100% God. But in his earthly ministry, he ministered and operated as man, baptized and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Everything that he did in his ministry was through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He didn't go out and preach. He didn't start his ministry until after the heavenly dove had come upon him and he had been, he had been anointed by the Spirit. Everything he did was by that anointing. He never laid aside his deity. He always remained God, he, but he operated as a man. He did lay aside the expression of his deity, but he never laid aside the possession of his deity. Are you following me today? Amen? So we know how important the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is in our life. And that's why I believe that, that, that Jesus gave the command for all of us to be filled with the Spirit. We must have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to have power as a church, if we're going to have power in our lives, if we're going to have, be effective in the ministry in these last days, it's only going to happen as we are baptized and empowered and anointed by the Spirit of God. Amen? Thank God for the dove. Now, there seems to be a problem today within the Pentecostal ranks of a lot of our churches today because the Spirit of God is not allowed to move or to operate in the services like he one time did. And I feel that that's a, that's, a, that's a terrible thing. It's a danger that we're facing in Pentecostalism today. The Holy Spirit in many full gospel Pentecostal churches, the Holy Spirit is seldom mentioned or preached about anymore. Rarely, very rarely, in a lot of Pentecostal churches is there ever an altar call for people to come and be filled with to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God help us here at Abundant Life that we never follow that pattern or that way or that route, amen, but that we always preach the importance and believe in the importance of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our church and in our lives. Help us that we will always, always make it um, available and, and, and for people to come and be filled with the Spirit. There's one major I'm not going to call any any names but I have friends in this denomination and uh, one major Pentecostal denomination that started out and began with a hundred percent of their constituents baptized in the Holy Ghost now report that less than 50 percent of their adherents have the Holy Ghost baptism the gifts of the, that's a, that's a, that's not a good statistic ladies and gentlemen amen well, at least 50%. That's not a good statistic. It needs to be 100%. I don't know the percentage of those here at Abundant Life that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, but I do know what my prayer and my desire is that there be 100% everybody here filled with the Spirit and have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their life. Amen? 
Seldom is there ever anything mentioned in a lot of Pentecostal churches. And I told some folks, um, I, I was asked to, uh, here a few years ago to speak on revival at a conference. And uh, they have never invited me back. They've never invited me back. Because in my message, I told them, I said, if you, uh, if someone attends your church for six months and they don't know you're Pentecostal or they've never heard anybody speak in tongues, I said, then there's something wrong. You need to get in an altar somewhere and begin to seek the Lord because the Holy Ghost is not moving in your church. Someone I talked to the other day, a member of their family had recently gotten saved, or, uh, given their heart to the Lord and was baptized in a, in a Pentecostal church down in the boot hill south of here. But uh, the, the, this individual, this individual's been going to classes at this Pentecostal church, but yet they had pictures of themselves on Facebook with a cocktail and drinking alcohol. And when asked some about it they said well there's nothing wrong with that and this person the friend asked this this individual said have, have has your church ever said anything to you now this is a Pentecostal church have they ever said anything to you about being baptized in the Holy Ghost and said nope not a word's been said about it listen there's something wrong in our Pentecostal ranks among our Pentecostal ranks today I'm telling you listen to me uh, he Healings and miracles are virtually non-existent in many churches today because the Holy Spirit is not allowed to operate in those gifts. And without the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say this, I've said it before, but without the Holy Spirit, very little, if anything, of any significance will ever be accomplished for God in the lives of people or in the body of Christ in the church. We must have a fresh anointing I preached about a refreshing a few weeks ago on Sunday night we need that and God has refreshed us but we've got to have I'm like David in Psalm 92 10 where David said I shall be anointed with fresh oil God give us a fresh anointing let that heavenly dove rest upon each and every one of us let that heavenly dove of the Holy Ghost rest upon our church in a mightier way than ever before we need the Holy Ghost the dove to come upon us in a powerful way can you say man tonight are you with me praise God so that's how important it is but we see uh, a decline a decline in the teaching the preaching and the receiving of the Holy Spirit in churches. Now the final week prior to the Lord's death, that Passion Week began with a triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. We talked about that on Palm Sunday. And when Jesus came in to the city of Jerusalem and he arrived in town, the very first Place. How many knows the first place he went? The very first place that Jesus went was he went to the temple. He went to church. He's going to check out the church and see what's going on in the temple. Now listen, 
This was not just a casual trip to the city of Jerusalem, but this was a planned process. It was a planned trip by the Lord Jesus to visit the temple. It was a planned process that led to Jesus doing what? To Jesus cleansing the temple. Is that right? Amen. He, he's coming to town. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem for some serious business before he goes to the cross. He is on his way. And here's what we need to get a hold of tonight, saints of God. This may not be a shouting message, but that's okay. This is what we need to, to understand. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he's on his way to perform a spiritual inventory of that temple. Now, I don't know whether you realize this or not, but Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and he still performs and does an inventory of his church. If you don't think that he does, you come to Wednesday nights, study and Revelation, and you'll find out in two chapters there that he deals with the church, he inventories the church, he rebukes the church, and in spite of what many people are teaching today, he even commands the church to repent or else. And yes, he uses those words, or else. We're talking about some serious stuff, some serious business. We're not playing tiddlywinks. We're not playing Sunday school. We're not playing church. I'm telling you, being a New Testament church, Jesus takes it very seriously and he is inventorying his church on a regular basis. And he will rebuke. He will rebuke. I know there's preachers today that will say, we're not going to rebuke. And we're going to leave that to somebody else. We're not going to preach on sin. We're never going to mention it. Well, I'm going to tell you what. They're not following the ministry and the protocol of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to be done. I don't enjoy doing it. It's not fun, but it has to be done. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word, Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. And he said this, rebuke, reprove, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. And we see that happening so much today. People are bailing out of churches that are teaching the, the, the truth and preaching and teaching a holy, sanctified, godly life. People are bailing out of those churches and hunting them down one that's going to tickle them and scratch them behind the ear. And there's plenty of them out there for people to find but let, let me tell you something I want a church I want to be a part of a church that's going to help me get to heaven I don't want to be a part of a church that's going to tell me just live any way you want to just do anything you want to just talk any way you want to just go any place you want to go to the shindig go to the hootenanny go to all them places and just do all you want to do and still make heaven your home I don't want to be a part of that kind of a church. I want to be a part of a church that's going to reprove me. 
every once in a while. That's going to tell me if I'm not if I'm not doing right. That's going to show me the way. Going to put the mirror of that word of God in front of my face and say, "You got some. You got some uh, stuff on you. You need to get cleaned off and taken care of." And I'm going to tell you that heavenly dove is grieved tonight. I said that heavenly dove is grieved tonight with many of the churches and the stuff that's going on in the church. And if you don't think that he is, we're going to get into what Jesus did when he got to the temple that day. Amen? He wasn't happy. Amen? Under normal conditions, Jesus had been in the, in the temple many times. He was there from the time he was a 12-year-old boy on occasions. And under normal conditions, Jesus knew what to expect when he went to the temple. You ought to know what to expect when you come to church. Jesus expected that worship would be taking place there. There was the reading of the Torah and of the Scriptures that was frequently done there in the temple. Offerings were brought in and placed on the altar, and sacrifices were made and performed. There was cleansing for uncleanness there at the laver, and there was the lighting of the candlestick that was to be done. And all of these were normal worship temple activities. But when Jesus walked into that temple, what, when he saw when he saw what was taking place in the house of God, his heart sank. And, and he became, listen to me, Jesus became angry. Jesus got angry? Yes, he did. And it would be good. It would be real good if some Pentecostal preachers and some Baptist preachers and some Methodist preachers, amen, and some other pre whatever, four square preachers and Nazarene preachers, it'd be good if we had some preachers and some Christians that would get mad at the devil and mad at sin and mad and angry about what's going on in the world and in the church today. Day. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm going to tell you, sin, sin grieves the heart of God. But I'm going to tell you, uncleanness and sin within the church, within the, the church, angers him and grieves him. And he does it. I preached on it this morning how much he loves us. And yes, he loves us. But he loves us so much that he's going to reprove us and he's going to chasten us and he's going to do everything he can to straighten us out because Jesus died for us and he wants us to make heaven but he's not he's not he's not going to overlook sin in the church or in our personal lives right Jesus saw what was taking place and it wasn't what was supposed to be taking place he saw the money changers that were there scamming the people. What they were doing, they were rejecting the offerings. People were there for Passover, and they brought their sacrifice with them. Many of them did for many miles to come there, and they brought their lambs or whatever, and they would have to take them to the priest and get them inspected. And they would find something 
wrong with them and reject their sacrifice so they'd have to go buy one from them at, a, at an exorbitant, pri- exorbitant price. They were scamming the people. They would bring their money from whatever country they came from. Some of them would, 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 would des- decide to buy a sacrifice once they got there to Jerusalem. They'd go in the temple and they had the money changers, the, the place of exchange of the money. And they were cheating the people and taking their money and giving them less back than what they were, that, that, than what they were supposed to. So there was dishonesty in the temple. There was cheating going on in the temple. They were rejecting those offerings. And, and Jesus saw when he looked around, he, got, he walked in there and he looked around in the temple and saw the hurt and the dismay on the faces of those whose sacrifices had been denied. He saw those calloused, hard-hearted priests lost in religious tradition, just in there going through the motions just to pad their pockets without a burden at all for the people and instead of that temple which was to be a place filled with the glory of God instead of it being filled with glory there was a terrible sense of desecration that was going on there in the house of God the sanctity of that temple had been turned into a carnival like atmosphere of a mid-eastern bazaar of some sort and I'm going to tell you what I've just described to you today ladies and gentlemen is going on in multitude millions of churches in this nation today churches that are doing secular rock music on Sunday mornings oh no really yeah really absolutely they are I don't even like I think the word Christian rock is a oxymoron (laughs) I don't believe there is such a thing. And it's some pop that might get on to me for that, but I don't. Oh, it got real quiet here. Amen. I believe so. I do believe that. I was watching a video someone had on here a while back of a particular church. Can't remember exactly where it was. I was familiar with the church when I saw it, but a particular church that had a popular rock and roll band in their church on a Sunday morning playing heavy metal music. And somebody said, well, they didn't do it for the church service. It was just a preview before that. It don't matter to me. It don't matter to God. You're bringing something that is unholy into a place that is supposed to be holy. You're desecrating the house of God. Is anybody here? This is what Jesus was seeing taking place. Oh, no, they didn't have. They didn't have a rock band in there. But what they were doing was desecrating the house of God. They had turned the house of God into a den of thieves is what Jesus said. There's so many shenanigans. I don't want to get off on all this. You all know it. There's so many shenanigans and and church growth uh, 
programs and plans and, and things and schemes that are going on in churches today to try to get people, come on, to try to get people in the church, one church, one pastor put a bed on the platform and, 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 and had uh, teaching on sex and marriage with a bed on the platform. Listen to me. We ain't doing that stuff at Abundant Life Family Church. They're desecrating the house of God. I tell you what, we may not have a real big crowd, but I'm going to tell you what, what, what Pastor Rick's going to do. I'm going to preach against sin. I'm going to preach against ungodliness. I'm going to stand up for holiness. I want that holy dove to be a part of this church. And I don't want to do anything that would frighten him away or grieve him or vex him. Hallelujah. He is a holy ghost and he is promoting holiness in the lives of his people and in the church of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we've got to come out. I said come out. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to come out from among the world and be separate and touch not the unclean thing? He's writing that to the church. He's not writing that to the sinner or to the world. My God, I believe if we want a revival, the church is going to have to get back in the altars and there's going to have to be some house cleaning of the temple and that's what Jesus is wanting to do in this day and hour which we live to clean up his temple and get us ready get us ready for the coming of the Lord amen all of these things that Jesus saw I'm almost done didn't think I'd go this long but you never know about me You get up preaching still amazes me because you get up sometimes you think, I don't know, Lord, what all I'm going to say. And then you say a lot of stuff you hadn't planned on saying, and then you go home and think about it and think, I shouldn't have said that. But then, (laughs) but thank God the Holy Ghost knows what we need. But there's one thing that Jesus saw that really stirred his spirit. One thing that caused Jesus to really react with righteous indignation. He saw all that was going on, the scamming of the people and everything, but there was one thing that he saw that demanded action. And you know what that was? It said there in Matthew 21 that Jesus went through that temple, and as he was cleansing that temple, that he overthrew the tables of the money changers, and notice, and, and the seats, notice this, and the seats of them that sold doves. You know, I could go several directions here. There's been a lot of, I'll just throw this out there. There's been a lot of merchandising of the Holy Ghost. One guy, I can't think of his name had a $1,000 anointing. Did you know that? $1,000 anointing. What does that mean? You give him $1,000 and you get his anointing. Let me tell you, I got news for that quacko. He ain't got no anointing. I ain't got no anointing. The anointing is not mine. 
The anointing is not yours. The anointing is the Holy Spirit's. Are you listening to me? And the anointing is not bought and sold like they were trying to do here in the marketplace. The anointing is is obtained through consecration and dedication and seeking God and, and giving yourself over to Him. The anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. There's been those that have that have that have that have uh, said, "Well, you know, if you'll send in so much money, that you'll have a family member saved." But what my point is is this: that there's been such a merchandising of the gifts of the Spirit. If you send in, you know, oh, I, you know, let, I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got to move on. But letters that's been sent out to people and and said by a preacher that would say, "Well, you know what? I was praying, and your name came up before me, and your." face came up before me and God told me this and this and this and this and a lot of them don't have no Holy Ghost ladies and gentlemen what they've got is a familiar spirit that came from the enemy are you hearing me and they say oh but God said if you'll send an offering all these good things are going to happen these good things are going to take place I told you about that one guy I was listening to on the radio many years ago on KXEN and he had a red cloth and a gold cloth and a white cloth he said the red cloth is for devils and demons the white cloth is, is has healed every known sickness and disease and the gold cloth is a prosperity cloth he said put this cloth in your billfold you'll never be broke again well you had to buy these cloths you had to send in money for them. it's a merchandising of the gifts of the spirit and then it wasn't long he is begging for money he was saying well you know if you don't sin we're going to have to go off the air and, and we need so much money and I screamed at the radio driving down the highway I said my lord man put the gold cloth in your billfold I didn't even see there's there was a whole little rabbit trail right there I had no intention of going that direction (laughs) praise God But Jesus saw the dove locked in a cage. The symbol and the representative of the Holy Spirit was locked away. The symbol, let me say it again. The symbol and the representation of the Holy Ghost was locked up in a cage. Think about that. And Jesus knew that what they had done in the natural had long before already happened in the spiritual. They had locked away the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit had been imprisoned by the reckless, sinful lifestyle of those that were in spiritual leadership. Let me tell you something, saints. A church building is only brick and mortar without the presence of the Holy Spirit. A church can become anything. A church can become anything if the Spirit of God is imprisoned by carnality, by compromise, by sin. With the Holy Spirit put away and locked away, the temple of God can become a dance hall, a bar room, 
a movie house where just anything goes and that is taking place in many of our churches in America today because they've caged the dove, the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, I was just talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago about uh, the town they live in that has no, has no Pentecostal church. And they said they did have one at one time, but they sold it to a bar. And the first thing the bar did was tear down the steeple and hang up their beer signs and put in their bar. Oh, that's what happens. That's called Ichabod, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is caged up. Anything goes. And we're living. We're living in that day. But you know what Jesus did? The Bible says when Jesus went into that temple of God, that he drove out those who bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers, and the seats of those who sold doves. You know what he did? He released the dove. I can see Jesus. Are y'all okay? I'm about done. I'm about done. I can see Jesus going in there, knocking those tables of those money changers over, but going from cage to cage and breaking the locks and opening the doors of each one of those cages and setting those doves free in the temple of God to move freely throughout the temple. He put the dove prison out of operation and released the dove to fly again, and it's time to free the Holy Spirit in our churches because once the dove was loosed, when you read that 21st chapter of Matthew, once that temple was cleansed and that dove was loosed then the blind and the lame came and were healed then Jesus said my house is to be called a house of prayer it was turned from a den of thieves to a house of prayer the lame and the sick and the blind came and they were healed are you listening to me and all the people begin to praise God and the religious leader said why don't you make them shut up and Jesus said haven't you ever heard haven't you ever read that in the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Can I tell you what happened when Jesus cleansed that house? He cleansed it and he loosed, opened the cages and loosed the Holy Spirit. There was prayer in the church again. There was power in the church again. And there was perfect praise in the church again. And if we want to see that today in this day and hour in which we're living, my Lord, let's take the lock off the cage. We're never going to. God help us to never lock up the Holy Ghost at Abundant Life Family Church. Let the Spirit of the Lord have His way in our church. Come on. Amen. Let the Spirit of the Lord have His way. Woo! God's anxious for the Holy Ghost to be released in His house once again. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty and freedom. We sang about it this morning, didn't we? There's freedom where the Spirit, oh, I wish I could sing. I'd just take off and sing a jag. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That 
That's when people can be healed. That's when people can be saved. That's when people can be delivered. That's when bondages can be broken. That's when the preaching of the gospel will not be a 15-minute, little 10 or 15-minute sermonette but it'll be preached and declared under the power with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost loose the dove today and God is anxious for that he wants that in his church worship team come on back would you please listen I believe that God is ready to release the spirit of God in you and me in a powerful way. There may be some money changers that need to be driven out first. But when those spiritual money changers are driven out, you're going to be happy with the end result of being filled and anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing, ladies and gentlemen, nothing can take the place of the Spirit of God in our churches, in our lives. We must have the heavenly dove tonight. Would you stand with me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, shatarebokoshay.